Good day. Welcome back. If you're still hanging with us, if not, that's cool. I uh, I'm quite enjoying my summer off. I uh, I can't say I will apologize for that. I hope you guys too are uh, enjoying your summer. I uh, it's been busy. It's been fun. It seems like it's flying by. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're recording this now, going into next week being August. Wild. Um, lots has happened. Uh, I don't know if I actually put one out early July or not, but uh, I'm going to get into it. Uh, we got a lot to cover today, so we're going to end up running basically scattershot all over this. Uh, too many things all at once. Uh, as everyone is aware, the, the vaccine issue is still still a beast and we're heading into the fall and we don't know which way that's going to break. Uh, there are definitely some serious signs for, for hope. Uh, there are also a couple pauses for concern. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll definitely touch on the progressive conservative leadership debate, uh, or the whole contest really, uh, cast my ballot just the other day and, uh, we'll see how that all cracks out. Other than that, uh, Canada's slowly becoming the laughing stock of the world. Uh, we're now making national headlines with how ridiculous uh, our leader has now made us look. Uh, not new to anyone listening to this, though. Uh, it's, it's not a new thing to think that Trudeau's an absolute shithead. Um, he makes us look ridiculous always. Uh, if, if it's not him dressing up in insanely inappropriate Indian garb, to go to a, a, a royal Indian ceremony, um, then it's him being an absolute asshat on the world stage freezing people's money. Uh, it just can't. I can't with that that clown. Uh, the sooner he's unemployed, this the better this entire country is on both sides of the aisle. Uh, if, if you happen to be a liberal listening to this, you know what? Everyone's welcome here. <laughs> but if I had that clown running my party... I wouldn't want him either. There's there's literally like next to no chance this guy holds up in another election. And if I was liberal and, and held those principles, I would want the best shot I could at re-election. Uh, and he's not it. Uh, I don't know who necessarily would fit the, the next run, but uh, I don't think he's got the hubris to kind of say, you know what, I, I'm going to bow out uh, if, if the time came. He'll run again. He'll run until he's kicked out. And then, even then, it's questionable if he becomes a Hillary Clinton and that's just his life mission. But, I digress. Uh, I guess we'll start fairly topical. Um, we've got University of Toronto. Uh, I guess we'll start with a doom. Uh, University of Toronto has outlined their latest policy in regards to vaccines. Uh and they are the first in Canada to do any such mandate. Uh, they are mandating in-residence students. Uh, and we all know how this goes. Uh, it starts with the residents. It's going to be everyone. But for now, the policy is limited to residence occupants. Uh, third dose is mandatory for the fall term. Uh, they are catching a hoopla of blowback on this. Uh, Myself included, I'm now blocked from their Twitter. Again, I I know fights I want to pick, and, and I can be pretty crass at sometimes, but generally you get more bears with honey. So I I'm, the reason I'm blocked is I simply asked them. I said, okay, we disagree that we're not past the line of discrimination. 
Because once you look at the risk-benefit analysis of all this, and natural herd immunity, like it, it's become endemic. So you look at all, all of the information we have, and okay, you've decided that we're not at the point where it, it becomes discrimination. So if you... We disagree there. I think we're at the point where it's 100% discrimination. But if you disagree, then then at least where is your line? Uh, instead of literally just ignoring me uh, or engaging in intellectual dialogue, they decided to block me and delete my comment, uh, as they've been doing with a lot of people who are pushing back on Twitter, which thankfully is a good number of people. So we'll see if the blowback kind of amounts to enough. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's The stats and polling show that majority of people that have two are, are I believe it was 51%, 52% that had two said they will not comply with a third. Uh, of that, that say they won't comply, about probably half of them uh, would tuck and run if when the rubber hits the road and they actually push for it. But nonetheless, uh, the public do not want this. Uh, even 50% of the people that were on board, that doesn't even take into account, say, 10, 13% of the population that just still haven't gone along, uh, for various reasons, religious, medical, personal, anything. You don't have to justify it to me, uh, but we live in a world where sometimes you do have to justify it. There's lots of excuses, lots of reasons, uh, and nobody's feelings on this should be invalid, uh, especially not now when we're through the thick of it, and you catching it could happen with or without the vaccine. Uh, you're not killing grandma specifically. Uh, yeah, we just need to get past the, the crazy guilt complex and understand people do things because they decide to. And that needs to be okay with people. So yeah, um, on the other side of the coin, you've got U of T mandating third doses. Uh, and just wait for that to expand because it will. But... On the other side, you've got the federal vaccine mandate has, I believe, wholly been suspended. Uh, and that's cause for concern anyway. Suspending is not the same as, as eliminating. Uh, they can bring it back at any point they want. However, uh, it has been noted that the Canadian military has stopped enforcing it. Uh, you, If you want to be a new recruit to the military, you do not need to submit vaccine proof. Uh, and I would assume that they stopped caring about uh, on duty. So we'll see if they bring back anyone they let off. If they actually put people off. I, I don't actually know for sure where they landed. I know we've had a lot of doom and gloom and scare and scream. But uh, I don't know where the Canadian mural, if they actually enforced. Um, but nonetheless, they, they've stopped. And to me, I, I found that out before we saw the U of T announcement, um, which shocked me. Because understanding that the military uh, is, is under the purview of Trudeau. So one of the people who's arguably pushing this somewhat the hardest. Um, so for him to kind of give that up, for me, was a bit of a bellwether. They've kind of kind of foreshadowed their hand, per se. I, I don't see a third dose campaign being an effective stick to beat people with. Uh, and I, I use those terms straight out of the horse's mouth. At the beginning of this, they said sticks and carrots. Uh, we're going to start with carrots, and then we're going to move to sticks. And, and we saw that. We saw provinces offer lotteries, uh, prizes. Uh, I think Toronto was giving out $100 gift cards. 
And then they move to mandates where you're losing your job. You're not getting access to society. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's optimistic to see federally that, uh, they are moving past some of this, uh, on, on the topic of like, we're just going to jump around. I, I don't even care. It's, it's birdshot tonight. I'm all over the place. Um, but no, on the, on the topic of we're kind of moving past this, uh, people would be naive to not pay some attention to the, the monkeypox nonsense. Um, again, people need to contextualize this. This isn't a new thing. This has been endemic in other parts of the world. We have long data on its, its mortality, its treatment, its course of action. Its trans- this is not new to us. Uh, you can't even pretend it's new like they did with, with COVID. Like, you didn't have all the answers. Um, with monkeypox, we, we know treatment, we know prognosis, we know transmission, we know all of it. It's, it's not new. Uh, it's now that it's where it's already spread where it has, it too will become endemic. Um, there's no avoiding that either. Good thing is it's, it's largely not fatal at all. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I believe it was again on par with the flu, maybe lower yet. Um, furthermore, uh, transmission is, through prolonged skin-to-skin contact. Um, I know most of you listening will, will have already heard it's spreading through the, the gay community quite quickly. Um, and predominantly, you're not seeing this in the straight community. Uh, and you know what? I'll cut down the middle. Like I, I, I have my religious views that I don't impose on people. If you're not religious, you're not part of my religion... You don't have to conform to anything. You do you, and at the end of the day, as long as it doesn't affect me, I don't care. I'm not specifically anti-gay, um, despite the fact that Christianity it goes hand in hand, and people just presume that if this is how you are, you, this is how you feel about other people. No, you didn't sign up to my religion. Therefore, you're not you you're not owed anything to my religion. Uh, and if you are religious and practice behaviors that can become objectionable religiously, that's between you and your faith leader, not me. So I just wanted to preface in, in what I'm about to say, because I just, I don't, I don't need to sit here and shame anyone and say this is a, this is a gay disease. It's not, but statistically speaking, the gay community participates in, in actions that majority of straight people don't. Uh, they participate in high-risk sexual activity. And I'm, I, I'm not even saying this as, like, a shame. Like, there's a ton of straight people that if they could go and sleep with 15 women in a night, they would. The problem is, <laughs> women aren't down with that. And it, as a straight man, your competition is just too high that you don't get that. Like, that's not, that's not on the table. It never, ha- it never will be. Whereas the gay community, it's a little different. That If you want that, you can find it. 100%. If you want that, you can find it. And I'm not saying every person who's gay participates in high-risk sexual activity. However, some do. And those circles, we're seeing this spread more than others. And this is where it's getting the publicity. So as it spreads, you will see it become not specifically a, a gay issue. It is a, an everyone issue. Good thing is, it's not going to wipe out a whole bunch of people. Uh, Transmission is through prolonged skin-to-skin contact. Sex, guys. Sex, period. It doesn't matter, gay, straight, once it starts passing around. 
it's going to get around. But uh, on the monkeypox, um, two weeks ago, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm behind on recording all this, um, but the WHO, in their infinite wisdom, voted to declare this a global health emergency, which is the highest declaration they have power to declare. Uh, it has no enforcement action. It doesn't create any reaction um, until they change their rules with that. But uh, sounding the highest alarm they can possibly sound, uh, not only do I think that was scientifically disingenuous, um, but their own body agrees. So they, the way the WHO operates is they have a panel of scientists. They make a, the democratic vote on every action they do. However, their chairperson, Tedros whatever, uh, he has veto power. And that's exactly what happened when he made this announcement. Uh, the panel voted, I believe the final vote was 9-6 to six against declaring a global health emergency, uh, at which point he basically said, I don't care, we're doing it anyway. Um, which I think is great. Uh, much like you're seeing political fallout. You saw the Freedom Convoy take out Aaron O'Toole. You've seen countless other MPs and MPPs step down, fail, like decline to renew. You're seeing political people fall left, right, and center. Uh, now you're starting to see the cracks from within some of these really toxic foundations, these organizations. So I think a nine to six vote against, and then him basically steamrolling really kind of shows the hand that all is not well at home. Uh, even within the scientific community, there there is disagreement, and and that is what science is. Science is science is not dogma. It is not law. It is the best information done in the best possible way, until we have better information or better methods. And science develops. It is not a finite set thing. Um, so as we've seen with COVID, it has developed. We've learned more. We've had ability to talk more. People are finally coming around to having honest discussions we should have been having a long time ago. And truthfully, a lot of us were, but but we seem to be in an echo chamber. But yeah, uh, the who is kind of trying to turning on each other, or at least becoming factionated, uh, which I think is a net benefit to society who basically are ruled at a lot of their quote-unquote advice. Uh, at least in the last three years, they've they've certainly had too much um, say in public health policy, in political policy in general. Um, and yeah, it's it's just nice to see cracks forming uh, around crappy people. Uh, I'd like to see it. Just like you've got uh, the WEF. It is like, I will do an episode on, on all that on its own. But I, I constantly struggle between with, like, The Great Reset is real. It's a book. It's a theory that they've put together. We can argue whether or not it's happening or not. I would say at least parts of it are. However, even in the book, they talk about social unrest and civil unrest uh, as part of a necessary growth in towards this goal. So I, I often wonder if, if the struggles we're kind of taking joy out of are, are truly just some blowback in that regard, that some calculated blowback. Uh, so I don't necessarily get too excited when I see how bad the WEF is getting lambasted, but it is kind of nice, even short term, to see how how 
the tides have turned and people are not down with this and it's common knowledge uh you mentioned the great reset or the the wef and and the average person is not for this uh and that's only going to grow um you're not seeing it in mainstream media cnn's not reporting it uh, cbc isn't giving a harsh light towards these people but nonetheless that viewpoint is is spreading and growing so I don't think there's a lot they can do to stop the fact that they are quickly becoming the bad guys. Uh, whether or not that was by design or calculated at all, I don't know. But I do know that eventually everything radical left will consume themselves. But you, and this isn't just today's world, like woke culture, eventually everyone cancels each other. This is going back all the way. You look at Soviet Russia, communism... Eventually, they they turn on themselves. The snake will eventually eat itself. Uh, and it, it has yet to not happen. Uh, we're, we're waiting for a couple snakes to eat themselves now, but they need time. Uh, the CCP being one of them. They will eventually eat their own tail. Uh, and I'm not naive. America, Western society, will eventually eat their own tail. We may actually be seeing that now. So, at the end of the day, it all comes full circle. It always will, and there's no avoiding it. Uh, when it comes to stuff like the WEF and whatnot, their life cycle is shorter than, say, a country's, uh, let alone a civilization's like era, when you talk about the fall of Rome or the industrial, the industrial society, uh, post-industrial, like all of it. Lifespans are different, but when you come to an organization, I think in my lifetime, we will see the WEF collapse. And hopefully, the WHO. Uh, you've got global bodies that that are kind of trying to centralize power i I think in the next 50 years decentralization will be a very key goal in a lot of politics and policy uh you're seeing that with crypto now but i think crypto is just the the kind of foreshadowing i i think policy wise politics will become a lot more decentralized or at least that will be the aim and i think that will be a net benefit uh to what extreme end we see, I don't know. Um, but we'll see nonetheless. Moving from a, a global perspective and, and kind of looking at that and bringing it back home, uh, and I actually sat down yesterday, and, and I think I'm going to plan out a, a multi-part series to try and piece together and, and get back into a more normal recording for the fall. Um, but I, wa- I want to talk about what's coming. And... I had a realization. I was at work Friday talking to a coworker about uh, motorcycles, how I'm looking to pick up an- another bike or two. Uh, we're getting into the winter, so I wouldn't mind a project. I've got a couple friends who also ride motorcycles that looking to, to change out. So I'm always on the, on the look for the next best thing. So uh, I was talking to a friend who's very, very into motorcycles and actually has a company in the sport. Um, but even he, again, not political. Uh, I, I keep my politics out of work and I appreciate others do the same largely. Um, but somebody who I would never expect to understand public policy, monetary policy, any of that, uh, even they were saying, yeah, don't buy a motorcycle till the summer. Uh, you let the let the financial system really hurt 
and then buy something when everyone's bleeding and selling luxury items and, and toys uh, that they can't afford to keep. Uh, and that kind of just shook me. It's like, this is common knowledge. It's not just my echo chamber. It's not just the crazy conspiracy people that see this coming. And like, again, there's no conspiracy here. We are in statistically a recession as of now. Uh, I think Canada narrowly avoided the legal definition or the official definition. Uh, Q2 for us was 0.9% growth. Um, but again, there's so many ways to prop those numbers. It's not even funny. Uh, further, we don't calculate like we used to. Uh, back during the Depression, fuel and food were calculated into the equation of, of calculating recession and depression. Uh, if you add those back in, the States is currently already in a depression. Um, people do not understand, and I don't want to fearmonger. Uh, maybe there's a way to kind of soften the blow, but uh, we are absolutely heading for some really hard times. And I don't think people understand how heavy that's that should sound. Uh, or how heavy that will be. Uh, for example, interest rates now are somewhere around. If you, I, I believe for housing right now, you're somewhere between five and six and a half percent, which doesn't sound like a lot. But considering a lot of people are sitting on two percent mortgages, I'd say on average, mine mine's like a percent and a half. Um, but when remortgage comes up, four uh, percent difference is massive. Um, that's multiple hundreds of dollars a month while you're also still grappling with the fact that everything else is inflating like crazy. Uh, gas is inflating like crazy and gas is about to get a whole lot worse. People have no idea that that's, that's going to be a big problem again. Um, as the state's speculative market will start to ramp up again because they're stopping their strategic reserve release. Again, it doesn't necessarily impact our supply in Canada, our supply is absolutely influenced by market sentiment. And when that starts to change, it's going to go up. Also, we've got a lot of the, the tax holidays that Doug Ford has granted. Those expire in the winter. Uh, so that's another, I believe, 10 cents a liter is going to go back up. Uh, further, I believe there's more carbon tax coming from Trudeau. So gas is going to be a big problem. You've got interest rates climbing and with renewals, it's going to get really difficult to keep your houses. Uh, we also still haven't touched on property tax increases. I know here, outside of, outside of London here, uh, my city will be increasing property taxes not this January. I've got one more year. But don't think that they're not going to start ramping up property taxes significantly to pay for all the nonsense we've done. Uh, even on a city level, the, the, the spending and waste has gone through the roof. So, I do, I do, I think I'm probably going to sit down and, and break down on just every front how bad it really is going to get, or could get. I hope to God I'm wrong. I hope to God I'm being alarmist and overly prepared, under underneeded, unnecessary. But, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I am. There's there's an, a lot of people smarter than me sounding these alarms. It's It's getting to be common knowledge that we're heading for hard times. And they just, politically, they haven't really said it yet. Because they, they it's going to hurt. It doesn't matter who's in power. It really doesn't. You look at all of the times we've had economic hard times, it always results in a regime change. If it's a conservative government, 
and it goes to shit monetarily, they're getting gutted. They're not, they're not going to last. Nor should they. If you butcher your policy that bad, you should not be re-elected. I don't care if you're conservative and you hold three policies I like, but you absolutely butcher our economy. You don't deserve to stay there. Checks and balances. Same goes for the liberals. I think this, I think this is so bad that if, if you're a liberal, you, you better make peace with a progressive conservative. I don't mean that from the party stance. I literally mean find a progressive conservative person you can kind of understand and get behind because that's your best bet at getting any policy through for the probably the next 10 years. It's going to be a fairly long reign of non-liberal unless they can somehow oust the, the mini king and uh, get somebody in there that's solid. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they'd put in. Um, maybe, maybe Anthony Housefather. Um, he's a little more centered, but but still a lunatic on some things. But no, I, I it's gonna get bad. Um, people are gonna lose their homes. A lot of people. We're gonna see hard times, and and globally, Canada really won't won't even understand the depth of how it's gonna go. Uh, we've already talked before on the current. Again, even people listening to this probably don't realize, I've said it before, Afghanistan is currently going through absolute famine and starvation. And the states have a huge part to do in that, both in the way they pulled out and their monetary policy dealing with the aftermath. But nonetheless, we're going to see a lot of poorer countries starve to absolute death. Millions will die this winter. Um... And again, that's not speculation, that's not COVID, that's, there will be starvation and energy shortages this winter, uh, especially depending on how things land with the Russia situation. Um, and this is, on that topic, this is, this is one of the things I've actually taken big issue. Uh, I'm a conservative, probably more so than the conservative party is, um, a little less progressive, a lot more conservative. But the conservatives have taken a big, a, a big aim, and and shooting at Trudeau over the Nordstrom turbine um, sanction waived. So basically, they sent three turbines to Canada to rebuild them, to do maintenance on their pipelines, so they can supply Europe with with heat gas, uh, liquid natural gas, and and oil. Trudeau had these contracts were in place. The turbines were already in Canada before all the Ukraine stuff happened. All we're doing is delivering them back. Finished. We did the job. Uh, we're sending them back. Trudeau, and again, I'll call balls and strikes. Trudeau rightfully allowed them through. Did not hold them up. Did not use them as a political bargaining chip. The right move. I even a, even a dead clock is wrong twice a day. But the thing is, if and then now the conservatives are saying, oh, he shouldn't have done it. They're using that to kind of jab at him. And I understand you're going to jab at him for whatever you can, but, but be intellectually consistent and don't make yourself look like an asshat. Uh, really, the idea we're going to withhold three massive turbines that fuel the heat gas for a huge chunk of Germany, a bunch of other parts in Europe, um, really, you're, you're going you're gonna to threaten the literal lives of people in in unimpacted Europe 
uh, countries that are not in this conflict, you're going to threaten the lives of their citizens to get virtue points and political points at home. And the shitty part is, again, with the con- like, no different than the liberals, the conservatives eat right up. They're like, oh yeah, like how does he give these guys back? Uh, it's like, stop reacting emotionally. Sit down and look at it for a split second and understand there's more to it than just how my gut feels when social media puts up a headline. Uh, and yeah, it sucks for me to be like, yeah, Trudeau got something right. But it's like, you know what? Yeah, not holding people's lives over over their heads to get points with the media and get a jab against Putin. He doesn't care. They don't care. The ruble is doing amazing. The, the best it's ever been. Um, that's a whole other thing. But nonetheless, hard times are coming. Uh, the question is, what what's going to kind of break first? And, and what's going to be allowed to be said? Uh, you've got the White House basically trying to revisionist history live and change the definition of what a recession is. Uh, Wikipedia doing the bidding of that as well. Uh, I actually saw today uh, they changed the definition of a definition. A uh, definition is now fluid, guys. A uh, definition is not so hard and firm. This is what it means. It can change and is subjective to personal interpretation. Uh, we're just living out a Orwell book. Or, or truthfully, we're living out about three of them all kind of hammered together. Uh, but it's, it's getting to the point where it's almost a parody uh, we're we're almost in a parody world where you just you can't be this stupid and not be intentional. On the topic, like what else? What else could is coming or will come? Or will go wrong? Uh, interest rates are going to keep going up. I think they're going to keep turning the screws on interest rates until that becomes a political problem. Uh, basically, they've they've screwed up inflation so bad that they now have to react until it hurts, and then some. Um, truthfully, they, they should be reacting quicker, and in reality, more painful for all of us, including myself. Um, but they, they can't, because politics matter more than effectiveness. Uh, so I think you'll see the interest rates climb to close to 10%. I think I think Prime will be about 7 or 8% um, before... The political motive is like, hey, you need to put pressure here. We need to fix this monetary policy um, because it's it's hurting people. So I expect they'll keep cranking that. Every quarter, you're going to see Bank of Canada come out. I expect probably 75 basis points, so 0.75%. Uh, I think the 1% was heavy. Maybe they'll do it again. I don't know, but 1% is a huge jump uh, for a quarter. So that's going to keep spinning its wheels you're going to see that keep cranking i think going into the fall and winter the housing market is going to cool further um as people just can't afford these interest rates at these prices um you can't the price at two percent interest versus seven percent interest is huge i I don't have the math in front of me but i think it like takes like a hundred grand off your buying power it is massive so the housing market will likely continue to cool. I think we've seen as m- a large part of the quote-unquote crash or, or correction, although even being somebody who owes, like I, I bought my house coming up on two years ago, um, I certainly owe a huge chunk still in it. I accept the fact that realistically I should have a time 
while I'm own, buying this place, owning it, paying it off, um, I should have a time where I owe more than it's actually worth. Um, my house should come down in value. And you know what? That's a price I, I will, in that situation, if it happens, that's a price I'll pay. Um, but if you don't turn the screws on people who have bought in recently, uh, anyone in the last five years is technically at risk of being underwater or upside down on their house. But if you don't hurt people now, short term, uh, my kids won't buy a house. Their kids won't buy a house. You cannot keep housing just going up, 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 up indefinitely. Um, especially when wages don't even come close to, to parity. Um, so maybe you see wages escalate. But if that doesn't happen, you have to see housing come down. Um, the really shitty part is is rent. Uh, rent is politically the the and economically one of the hardest things to manage uh, and affect change to. As we see interest rates rise and how ho- and housing prices fall, you're actually going to see more people foreclose on it and put out of their house, uh, which which means they flow into the rental market, flooding the market with people who want to rent will actually increase prices. Um, and you can't bring the prices down when everyone who would rent a house is, has, has bought it for way more than it's worth. Uh, even today, like my house, I could not, like if I was to rent it for like $200 a month profit, I would be considered a slumlord. Like I would be just some capitalist pig who like, this is insane price to rent this. But that's the thing. You can't rent, like, the rentals, people are like, oh, yeah, I paid 1300 bucks a month for, for a one-bedroom. Um, but it's like, even, and that sounds like already a lot, but it's it's not. Like, you've got two bedrooms here renting for over $2,000. But the truth is, if I was to try and rent this out, I'd have to rent my place out at, like, $2,400. Um, and that barely gives me any profit. If anything goes wrong that month, I'm, I'm out, out of pocket substantially. So really what's keeping the rental market together right now is long-term people who bought their house for $80,000 30 years ago, and they're just renting it out. Uh, or corporate who have multi, multi-unit multi buildings, and uh, they don't pay a mortgage on it. But in today's market, the rental outlook does not look good. Um, as we start to lose out on these people who have so little in the house that they can afford to rent it out, and it doesn't really generate a loss. Uh, if you bought your house for eighty grand, you don't really care. You're making a huge profit renting at a thousand bucks a month. So you can even get close to competitive. Call call it fourteen hundred dollars a month. You're making a a killing. Uh, but those people are not going to be around forever. Those houses are not going to be rented forever. Um. So yeah, I I think housing monetary policy in Canada, we're going to see the screws tighten. I think it's going to get rough. Uh, I worry what happens to heat gas um, come this winter and just gas at the pump. Uh, You've got all of the factors making a perfect storm. And the fact is the Liberal government actually don't care. They want people to hurt when it comes to energy prices. They want to force uh, a green revolution per se. Uh, And I just, it's going to backfire. It's going to hurt everyone doing it, but it's also going to backfire. You're going to make people hate this kind of, this kind of quote unquote progress. Um, 
do I think we should work towards some solutions that are, are more sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's honorable and we should even subsidize it. But we shouldn't be 100% replacing what's already working. Uh, you can't just legislate industries out of existence uh, despite every effort they try to do. So yeah, I mean, before breaking it out into its, its whole multi-part episodes um just take heed uh do some research listen to other voices and honestly prepare uh it does not hurt to have some some things set aside uh if you have a gun if you're if you're a licensed gun owner stock up on some ammo you never know you you probably use it anyway but if you have to go hunt in the winter you have the ability uh if stock up on some dry goods some non-perishables i mean it's tough. It's not easy to stock up and hold a supply. Even myself, like somebody who's kind of attuned to it all, we have maybe a two or three week supply in this house before we're into a rougher spot. It's not where I'd like it to be, but you have to have something. You have to you have to be able to ride out the initial storm. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, then great. You've got a, a you've got a couple dozen extra cans of Campbell's soup in the basement, and you've got a case of ammo in in the attic that. Uh, you're not going to use per se, but be prepared. Uh, same with cash and your investments, uh, start tucking stuff away, uh, have pots of each type. Uh, we have cash on hand in case things go south. We also have been pushing into investments cause this, it's going to get bad, but it will also get better. Uh, and I, I don't know. I can't hedge my bet that we haven't seen the bottom. Largely speaking, I don't think we have, but we're still buying. Like markets are down 20-40%. We're buying in. Uh I'm investing more now and as the same time as investing, we're setting aside cash. And it's just you have to you have to take advantage of of the situation you're placed in. Um so just do the best you can uh to to kind of get as many pieces of the puzzle in place to make the best hand. Uh we're kind of playing heads up poker at this point. Uh, so just build the best hand you can and, uh, do, do what you can. Uh, but don't, don't get complacent and don't, don't pretend it's not going to happen. Uh, some tough times are coming plain and simple. Uh, I'm sure there's like a Billy Graham clip that I could split in here. Um, but I won't cause I don't have the time. Um, but, but hard times are coming. Uh, tough times are coming. If you're, if you're a Christian, you knew this long ago, uh, and it doesn't, it's not pertinent to today's time at all. Uh, hard time is always coming. Um, best you can do is the best you can do. Uh, just don't get caught off guard. So I think that's it. No, the leadership race, uh, with the conservatives. I mean, it's, it's nothing. I don't even know why they're doing a third debate. Uh, Polyev's going to win. There's no question there. Polyev is going... It's going to be a coronation ceremony. Uh, the real interest to me is, firstly, who's in second? Is it going to be Charest? I hope not. I hope he gets smacked in the face over this all. Uh, I'd like to see Leslin Lewis or Roman Baber take third place, as they both equally deserve. They're both solid people, solid candidates. And I think, or I hope, after Polyev wins... He extends an olive branch and brings them into the cabinet. Because you know what? They damn well deserve it. They both work their asses off to get where they are. They're both rock-solid people, and I have no no problems with either of them. Uh, I genuinely would be content with 
either one of them eventually running the country, as well as Polyev. Again, people have criticisms of Polyev. I certainly don't think he's a hero, like, the hero. Uh, I don't think a politician is a solution to anything. But I do think we can get a... Pol- Even if he doesn't live up to half of his promises, which I my default for politicians, you'll do about half of what you say you will. Even if he does half of what he says he will, we are moving in the right direction with him. Uh, the same would go for Baber or Lewis. Uh, I think... It's a step in the right direction, even if they don't fulfill their promises. So, I mean, let's just wait for the coronation. Um, my curiosity is to see what happens in the fall after conservatives have their party sorted out. Um, there's been some very prominent NDP uh, come out. I believe it was the Windsor MP for the NDP party. Uh, he came out and said, by basically slam-basting Arrivecan, uh, being a border city, it's it's gutting them. Uh, Arrivecan is useless, and it's it's a security state measure. And he has much said it. Uh, and it should be noted that he's not just an NDP MP. He is, I, I believe, caucus chair. Like he's He's high up in the brass within the party. So I don't think, I don't think everything is well. We may see Jagmeet come at a cost of COVID as well. I think he he should be a little less confident than he is. And then I also think that the Liberal Party NDP coalition thing, I think that's already well sour. I don't see that holding long term. I don't see NDP carrying them on the backs all the way to another election three years from now. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, I have a couple sources inside Ottawa, uh, and it's, we don't all have a, a, a thumb right on it, but, uh, there's more behind the scenes than people realize, uh, everything is not roses, and it doesn't matter what party you're in, every party's got, got a stink stuck to them right now that they just can't shake off, so we'll see, I think it's going to be a very, very stressful fall and winter, uh, and hopefully followed by a joyous and prosperous spring uh hopefully the stuff we're about to deal with is short-lived um but we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out uh we will try to be here to cover it uh, <laughs> unlike the last month or two uh but yeah it's uh it's good to check in i am not committing to checking in again next month but we'll see we'll see for sure uh if things develop great if not, then I don't care. Uh, I, I do plan come September. We'll try to be back to a more regular. Uh, and like I said, I think going into September, we'll lay out the uh, the field to see what's coming this winter, how it might shape out, and how you can best prepare. Um, but like I said, don't wait till September for us to do that. Do your work. And, and honestly, I understand. Like I'm, I'm a rational person. I, I'm pretty darn balanced. Um but I mean, even I have started taking precautions and steps to just insulate. Again, I'm not saying remortgage your house and build a bunker. Uh, but it doesn't hurt when you're getting groceries. Put an extra $20 in the cart. Uh, just get 20 bucks a week, 20 bucks a grocery trip of stuff that you can kind of just tuck away. And after a couple months, you'll have a, a handful of weeks of, of supplies 
that you can lean on. And then if you don't need it, you just cycle that back through your groceries. And then there'll be a couple weeks where you don't actually have as much grocery bill as you, you would have. I'm not saying don't do anything that's actually going to cost you or, or isn't reversible. Um, but you should start getting some ducks in a row in the event this doesn't go well. Because we are in challenging times. And challenging times can, can be bad. Uh, we Again, I don't know how bad. I hope not as bad as it could be. Not as bad as history has shown us. But, again, numbers-wise, they're using the term recession right now. Numbers-wise, we should be using the term depression. It hasn't hit yet. People don't understand. And, and it. I don't see a path where it doesn't hit. So, we'll see. I don't want to leave on a on a gloomy note, but I don't I don't really necessarily think it is gloomy. You have to you have to make the best of the hand you've got. And honestly, from my perspective and the people in my echo chamber sphere of influence, we have the best advantage we could possibly have cuz we've seen the signs. We know now the flag is up. Like we we have to start at least being ready. We have the best head start of anyone. Uh, the only, maybe maybe Klaus Schwab, but but other than other than like full on conspiracy, the the crazy guys pushing it. But it's like we we have the best warning possible. So don't don't folly it. Don't don't let that go to waste. Um, and on that note, I hope you guys have a great August. If I don't check in, uh, and if I do, I hope the next week or two is awesome too. Uh, just keep your head down and, and do what you can. And, uh, as always stay free, everyone. Sound asleep Something's gonna bring